Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hello, loyal listeners. I am your host of this beautiful podcast, Bebop Robomoko Juanatron. I want to humbly welcome you to the final of my second season of Bebop Tales 2, Electric Beepaloo. Um, Bebop, I was wondering if... Jonathan, not now. It's my final. I know, Bebop. I know I said I'd stay out of the intro, but... Jonathan, when it's the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian final, do I interrupt you? Yeah, you constantly interrupt me, Bebop. Well, that's not really the point, is it? Bebop. I'm only jumping in to let you know that I think you're mispronouncing that word. It's finale, not final. Okay, okay. Jonathan Cheeseburger, you don't even know how to pronounce your own last name. I do, and it's it's messenger, not cheeseburger, not messing ham. Cheeseburger, please let me finish my final. Okay, Bebop, you go for it. Now, if you remember what happened in the last episode... We'd finally made it to the final Messingham dimension. And when it came time to face off with my greatest nemesis, it turned out Messingham wasn't there at all. It was the engineer who made me, Dr. Percolator, and it seemed like he was on Messingham's side. I... It's hard for me to talk about. I get choked up just thinking about it. Anyhow, here's the final of Bebop Tales 2, Electric Beepaloo. The opposite of survival. I never thought you'd make it this far, said Dr. Percolator. He was standing at the top of a tower, the wind whipping through the air. Other than the stone surface of the tower and a small glint, and Dr. Percolator's smile, it was complete darkness. Bebop only knew he was atop a tower because he could feel it, the echo of the wind of Dr. Percolator's voice. He could feel it was a long way down. Who's this guy? said Lowly, but Bebop didn't answer. He just stared at the face of Dr. Percolator, The man who had built him and all of his sisters and brothers. The man who had tasked those robots to battle Baron Von Messingham. The man, Bebop, had risked everything, time and again, to protect and save. He was working with Baron Von Messingham? Come on, Tiny. You can't be that surprised, said Percolator. Think about it for a second. If I was such a good guy, why would I stay behind while I sent my robots out to face my battles for me? Why would I teach those robots lawn bowling as preparation? Why would I make a robot as tiny as you? Bebop couldn't believe his ears. Why was Dr. Percolator saying all of these horrible things? All of these hurtful things. Bebop wanted to power down, to stop thinking about it, to forget that it ever happened. 
he would go back into the stomach of a giant snake before he considered the idea that Dr. Percolator was evil and that Bebop had been fooled. Oh, I get it, said Lowly in Bebop's ear. This is the guy who built you, and he's been working against you the entire time? What a chucklehead. Let's get him. <laughs> yes, said Dr. Percolator. Come get me whenever you are ready. Bebop, though, was silent. Still, he felt paralyzed. If Dr. Percolator was evil, then what exactly was he fighting for? Who was he trying to save? His home, which he could now see was never the safe place he thought it was? The pandas, who for all he knew, were helping Dr. Percolator and Baron Von Messingham? Who could he trust? Who would he fight for? Who was he? Um, Master Tiny Robot? Said the Bubble Ninja. I know this is an emotional moment for you, but I think you had better make a decision quickly. The wind had picked up and had unsteadied Bebop on top of the tower. Dr. Percolator sneered at Bebop, and as Bebop started to bend to keep from falling, it occurred to him that if he didn't do something soon, he was going to go flying over the edge of the tower into the abyss below. But he couldn't. He couldn't move. He couldn't find a reason to keep fighting. You were never my favorite, said Dr. Percolator. But Bebop didn't budge. All you could ever do was eat art, said the doctor. Something inside Bebop started to stir. And your little jokes and pranks don't even get me started. You think you're funny? A fire lit in Bebop's belly. And you're singing. Heavens, I should have made robot earplugs for everybody in the house. That was it. That was all Bebop had to hear. A rage grew inside him, and he charged at Dr. Percolator. I am a great singer, he yelled as he ran at the doctor. But the tower, crumbling at Bebop's feet, split in two. And before Bebop could stop himself, he tumbled into the gap and fell. Dr. Percolator laughing the entire time. (laughs) But Bebop didn't fall down. He fell up, up away from the tower, up into the cold blackness of this twin tower dimension. What is happening? said the Bubble Ninja. You never told us you can fly. That's because I couldn't until right now said Bebop. And for the record, I'm not flying. I'm just falling upwards. For a long time, Bebop could do nothing. The ninja and Loli clung to his shoulders, and Bebop did his best to steady his nerves. And then suddenly, as he was beginning to believe he would never stop falling through the blackness, he saw something fly by in his peripheral vision, off in the distance. In the opposite direction, again, something pale and neon 
flew down and passed Bebop. None of them could make out what they were, what these strange, glowing, undulating creatures were. But eventually, they filled the blackness, and Bebop could see they were some kind of squid. A bioluminescent squid that glowed with the brilliant greens and blues of deep sea creatures. But they were here, flying through the abyss, and somehow they were going back from where Bebop came. Hey, said Bebop. Hey, hey, can you help us? We're squids, said one squid. We can't talk. What? But you just talked. No, I didn't. You can't say you can't talk, is that... I hope you're not expecting a reply from me, since I can't talk. But you... Because I'm a squid. Oh, forget it. Bebop continued to fall upwards. And suddenly, he began to feel at peace. He'd heard of people encountering this feeling before, when they knew the end was near, when they could see the light at the end of the tunnel, when they could see the coming of their own personal final. Being surrounded by all of these beautiful, luminous squids comforted Bebop as he neared what he suspected was his end. And it was then that Bebop smiled. He grabbed hold of a large squid swimming through the air, and with no complaint, the creature started towing Bebop and his friends back to Percolator's Tower. Are you sure this is a good idea? said Loli. What's the, uh, what's the plan here? Bebop stayed silent. We're going back down to the tower where your dad or whoever seems to not like you very much. He's not my dad. Fine, you're engineer. My point is, we're headed toward a tower without a plan, and suddenly we're just trusting this flying squid? You got a better idea? No, but squids are fish, and fish eat worms, so I'm not too excited about this one either. Technically, they're cephalopods, said the Bubble Ninja. One of my best friends in my dimension was a stuffed squid. Bebop ignored the banter of his friends. He was on a mission. He had an idea, and while he had to admit that he could be wrong, there was no chance anything good was going to come of continuing to fall up into that black abyss. Soon he could spot the dot of the tower ahead, and as they approached and it grew bigger and bigger in front of him, he noticed it wasn't cracked and crumbling like before. Bebop let go of the flying squid and grabbed hold of a turret on the side of the tower so he wouldn't fly off again. There stood Dr. Percolator again, sneering at him, as though he hadn't expected to see his star robot again. I suppose it's time I stopped underestimating you, said Percolator. And I suppose it's time I end this once and for all, and stop giving you second chances. But this time, Bebop knew what he was supposed to do. You're not Dr. Percolator, he said. This realm... This seventh dimension is another Messingham facade. The Twin Towers, but there's only this one. Flying upwards instead of down. Squids in the air instead of the ocean. 
Squids that only talk to say that they can't talk. It's all opposite. It's all the flipped side of the coin. Which means... You're not Dr. Percolator. You're Baron Von Messingham. And it means you, Messingham, since you insulted my singing. You actually think I'm an amazing singer. Amazing is pushing it, don't you think? Said Percolator, who was already twisting out of his lab coat, revealing the black cape of Baron Von Messingham. Um, Master Robot, said the Bubble Ninja, if we solve the puzzle of this dimension, why hasn't the portal opened yet? <laughs> because, Baron Von Messingham said, to pass through to another dimension, you don't just solve a puzzle, you must survive, and everything in this dimension is the opposite. The tower began to crumble. Bebop could feel himself teetering on the edge. So wait, we have to do the opposite of survive? Said Loli. What's the opposite of survive? Said Bebop. Oh, I think you know. And I think you'll find out very soon. Now, hold on. Technically, the opposite of living is dying. So dying can't be the opposite of surviving. What? That's ridiculous. And technically, the opposite of opening a portal would be, what, closing a portal? No, that's not... Or, wait, what's the opposite of a portal? You're you're way overthinking this. Actually, the opposite of one tower isn't even two towers. It's no towers. Suddenly, the tower disappeared, and the three friends and Messingham were falling, this time very fast and very much downward. This is all your fault, yelled Messingham. Okay, well, what's the opposite of this dimension? Yelled the Bubble Ninja. Bebop didn't know. How could you have the opposite of a dimension? And then it hit him. And he smiled before saying, Home. Wow. Bebop? That was a really... Hold on a sec, Jonathan. Bebop Tales. Bebop Tales. Your favorite singing robot always prevails. Bebop Tales. Bebop Tales. Bebop Tales. So, Bebop, as I was saying, I was really touched by that ending. You were? Why? Because you said you were going home. And that's here, right? That's the end of the season. You end up here with me on Podcast Planet in my house at home. (laughs) No, no, no. Sorry, mess and cheese. Not quite. You'll have to wait to see what happened when I said home in Bebop Tales 3, The Desolation of Smaug. Wait, you're doing a third season? And you can't say The Desolation of Smaug. That's already a title. Not just the third season, Jonathan. While you're taking August off, I'll be putting out some bonus episodes. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. Yes, it's time to take a break. We're going to take August off and maybe a little bit of September, but we'll be back very soon with 
with season three of the alien adventures of Finn Caspian. But it sounds like, Bebop, you have bigger plans ahead. Yes, while you're being lazy, Jonathan, I have a couple of episodes up my sleeve. I have my Bebop beatboxes episode where I learn from listeners who sent in their beatboxing. And I'm thinking maybe a special jokes episode. And Griffin and I have a special spoiler club episode planned. Wait, what? No way. No, no, no. Yep. Spoiler club. Spoiler club. Okay, well, it sounds like you got a lot going on. Yes, so much so that we're going to save our art announcements for our bonus episode. So if you sent in art, I promise to mention those in the coming weeks. But I did want to give a quick shout out to Will and Andrew from Bothell, Washington. Will asked if I'd ever fought an army of giant squids. And I hope this answered his question. We didn't fight, but they weren't exactly that pleasant. And Andrew, I got your question and we'll answer it soon. Okay, Bebop. Well, since this is the last time I'm going to talk to listeners for a few weeks, I just wanted to say I'm currently writing season three. So if you have any ideas for planets or robots or aliens, send them in. They really help make the show really fun for me to make. And sometimes... I don't have any ideas, <laughs> and I need you. So please do send in any ideas that you have to earth at fincasping.com. And thanks again, of course, for listening. Making this show with kids from around the world has completely changed my life, and I love doing it so much, and Griffin loves it so much, and we're so excited to make season three. See you soon. See you sooner. It's not a competition, Bebop. I win. Hi, this is Jonathan getting the last word in. I just wanted to say really quickly, Bebop would never admit this, but a lot of this story bears striking resemblance to the Underworlds series by Tony Abbott. If you like adventure and mythology, Griffin and I have been reading these books all summer and having a blast reading them. So if you're looking for something to close out the end of the summer, highly recommend Underworlds by Tony Abbott. Don't tell Bebop. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.